0: Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877 973 7425. If you want to be on the program, I, I I gotta shift topics around and stuff, but I actually want to take uh, some phone calls because I, I well, I, I gotta move topics so dramatically. Uh, cause I'm going to talk about something I wasn't going to talk about. It's not even the show notes, Charlie and Philip have no idea the topic I'm about to talk about. So before I get to the new topic, that's nowhere to be seen just off the top of my head, because I am a professional, I'm going to go to phone calls. I'm going to start with Adam. Welcome Adam. How are you? I'm doing
1: well. How are you, Mr. Erickson? I'm great. What's going on? Well, I would first like to say thank you for everything you do. I've been listening for many years. I've been listening to WSB radio for all of my 25 years.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for making me (laughs) feel old. Much appreciated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But what I would really like to talk about, I was listening very intently to the gentleman you had on earlier speaking about uh cobb county and his daughter yeah but first and, on, adam i gotta stop you there because i just did the math oh my
0: gosh you were 14 years old when i started on radio <sighs> okay <laughs> sorry i gotta go get my geritol here in a minute but okay all right so, <laughs> so you yeah so sure so chuck who was calling in about his his daughter and, and the homework assignments
1: yes sir um well I've dealt with clinical depression, anxiety, uh, dark thoughts for a lot of my life since I was at least 10 years old. And when I when I was hearing that, I, I kept thinking about all the things that I've been through. And for a school system to be almost indoctrinating their children into thinking that way, it's setting them up for failure. And worse, it's setting them up to take their own lives, and that is so scary for this generation.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, that's my big concern with this. And for people who weren't here, uh so Chuck is a dad whose daughter was in Cobb County schools and public school. Uh they were not doing homework. Um they were doing the assignments at school and he discovered Uh, thanks to the intervention of a different teacher, that one teacher was assigning assignments on radical empathy for other people. And the first assignment was to envision yourself if you had been born in the wrong body. And then the second assignment was to envision yourself uh, if you did not exist or want to exist. And uh, it led their daughter to writing a suicide note as the assignment uh, because she was trying to be radically empathetic to people born in the wrong body or who did not want to, or had not existed and, and should have existed. And yes, when you're 13 years old, there's a lot going on, particularly for girls, even more so than guys at 13 and 14, as your hormones are starting to surge and your body is changing. Um, I, I, it's just, who thought that was a good idea?
1: Uh, for me that it's really just a scary thing. Because I, I've been I've been in those situations. I've wrote my own sort of notes like that. I've made attempts on my own, and it's so scary. And I'm so glad to be where I am today that I'm not making those those thoughts. And for people to be forcing children to have those kind of thoughts that that's where my mind goes. It forces these children to have those sort of thoughts, and. I've been, I, I gotta say, personally, I've been miserable from a lot of my life because of those thoughts. And these children, yes, they may be going through, well, yes, they are going through changes with their bodies and their minds. But one thing that shouldn't be in their minds is taking their own lives. Right. And it, it, it hurts my heart to know that a school system is doing that. I grew up in a private Christian school. I spent one year in a, in a public school. I went to Creekside Christian Academy in McDonough mm-hmm. and throughout my entire 11 years of being at that school, not one time did I ever see receive an assignment like that. It was yeah, all, you know, strictly educational.
0: Yeah. Um, Assignments and empathy like that. Uh, By the way, I got to tell you, that freaking school beats my kids' soccer team every year, and I really hate
1: going to that school because
0: they always, always win.
1: (laughs) Oh, Creekside? Yes. Well... We are good at sports. The headmaster sure put a lot of money into, uh, <laughs> yeah, into making those sports work. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Well, listen.
0: Um, it, 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 on a serious note for you, um, I, I, I know about the, the the struggles, and I appreciate you calling in and, and sharing yours. And and always, man, look for the light uh, when you get despair. Sometimes you got to fight to look for the light, but. Um, yeah, keep, keep in the light and thank you so much for calling in and talking and, and really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam.
1: Absolutely. And I can definitely say that listening to you throughout the years, that has brought me back from some dark times.
0: Well, look, I, I appreciate you saying that tremendously. Thank you very much. Uh, I got, got to leave it there. I got to get to, to Christy real quick. Christy, welcome to the program.
1: Hi. Hi there. Hi, I was just uh calling. I had a question about the um turning away businesses or service to people based on their sexuality. Uh-huh I don't understand why why someone would want to do that. I mean, is it just out of fear that 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 person may or is it just because you just religiously, just don't you think that they're going to burn in hell and you don't agree with their lifestyle? I I'm not really no, sure
0: what, so, why okay. someone would. Well, okay, so so let, let's take the specific case uh, in this case. It, it, the guy's name is, is Brandon Huber. Brandon Huber is the pastor of Clinton Community Church in Missoula, Montana, and uh, he is a real estate agent, part-time real estate agent. He, his church has for years partnered with the local food assistant program. Uh, the local food assistant program last year decided to partner with a uh, pride event to do events. And uh, Pastor Huber's church uh, is a uh, biblically orthodox church, believes in uh, biblical sexual ethics. And so okay. Pastor Huber's church uh, said they would continue supporting the food bank, but they didn't want to be associated with this particular event from the food bank. Um, they, they didn't want to promote Pride Week because it conflicts with their biblical values. So the food bank said, okay, well, someone in the community filed an ethics complaint against Pastor Huber as a realtor because the realtors group has a hate speech clause. And the realtor group determined that Pastor Huber withdrawing his church from a uh, event that sponsors Pride uh, was considered hate speech, and they fined him five thousand dollars and denied him access to the Multiple Listing Service in Missoula.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just trying to understand why. I mean, why? I mean, you wouldn't well, treat uh, someone uh, that, that way from you know if they were. Like they had yeah, a different he, well, you know, in the, in this case,
0: like the the pastor has sold houses to gay couples. he He's not opposed to doing business uh, with a gay couple. He was opposed to his church promoting pride week. and and he got punished for that. Um, it was, it was that incident that he was perfectly fine, uh, doing business with a gay couple. Now, there are Christian organizations like, for example, Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities believes that marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, they will not handle adoptions for single people and they will not handle adoptions for same-sex couples because they believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. So they live their values and they live it through Catholic Charities. In, in Philadelphia, The city fined Catholic charities and put them out of business until the Supreme Court said, now you got to respect people's differences of faith. Um, so, I mean, I, I, guess my view is that everyone to some degree has some level of discrimination. Like, for example, I know someone who will not eat at Chick-fil-A because they're a gay rights activist and they believe that the Kathy family are a bunch of Christian bigots and they will not, despite all the evidence, they will not eat at Chick-fil-A because they do not want to enrich the Kathy family, uh, because they are convinced the Kathy family are a bunch of, of, in their words, Christo-fascist bigots. Yes, Christo-fascist, if you haven't heard that one. They're discriminating against Chick-fil-A because they have a values proposition. Uh, and so why would you be opposed to a delicious uh, chicken sandwich between two butter buns with a pickle? I have no idea. But they refuse to eat it because of the Kathy family. They discriminate. Every single person makes a choice. And unfortunately, we're in a day and age in this country where a lot of people say Christians are the ones who aren't allowed to. To make that choice so take uh jack phillips jack phillips is the baker at masterpiece cake shop in denver colorado uh, jack phillips is an orthodox bible believing christian and he seeks to glorify god in his business that's not me or the catechism that's how he describes his business jack phillips will not make a cake for pride events he will not make a cake for transgender events he will not make a cake for weddings If the person getting married, he knows has been divorced. That's right. If you're a divorcee and you're getting remarried, Jack Phillips is not going to make your cake for you because he believes that uh, marriage is sacrosanct and you can't get divorced except for adultery uh, from the other party. And if it's a second marriage, he's not going to ask questions. He's going to decline. Jack Phillips does not make cakes for Halloween because he believes Halloween is is a pagan holiday. But gay rights activists in Denver demanded that he make a cake for a gay wedding. And what Jack Phillips said is, I will make the cake. I will give you the cake. But I will not decorate the cake. I will give you a cake that I have made where all the icing is on it and you put the same-sex wedding topper on it yourself. And they sued him for being willing to provide a cake and just not put the same-sex wedding topper on top. And guess what? Went to the Supreme Court and they threw the case out against him, not because they said he could do it, but because it turned out the Colorado Division on Civil Rights compared him to the Nazis for not being willing to put a wedding topper on top of a cake. And the Supreme Court said they were obviously hostile enough to get him to begin with. And he won the case. And the next day, a transgender lawyer showed up and demanded a cake to celebrate the transgender lawyer's transition. And Jack Phillips said no. And he's back in court again, being persecuted. People in this country have different beliefs. With the exception of race, which we fought a very bloody war over, uh, we are supposed to, as a people, live and let live. And if someone doesn't want to provide you goods and services because of their convictions, you're supposed to go somewhere else. Nowadays, the left has decided, well, we can just destroy that person's life if they don't go along with us. And in this country, the irony is ultimately that it is the Christian in this country who is forced to provide goods and services to everyone else, but no one has to provide goods and services to the Christian. And that is thanks to a lot of erroneous Supreme Court precedents of the past that the current court is in the process of overturning. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads, they're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like, I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch, Where is they were just, like, too light and also not very soft. And the Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on Earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes, from Twin to California king you will feel the difference and they're hundred percent free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets. When you use promo code, Eric E R I C K at Bowlin That's Bowlin branch, B O L L a N D branch.com. The promo code is Eric E R I C K. This is our, the program brought to you by first Liberty building and loan. They can help your business grow nationwide, Wherever you are, if you need large amounts of capital for your business, you need a big loan, $750,000 or more, reach out to First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. A lot of banks are telling people no these days. First Liberty wants to get you to yes. Um, My buddy Greg just sent me a tweet from Carl Quintanella from CNBC. The Cleveland Fed's inflation forecast now shows July consumer price index tracking to 0.27%. That means it would be 3.24% annualized, the lowest rate since January of 2021, a collapse from the 9 to 12% annualized rate seen in all of 2022. Means inflation is starting to slow down, still going up, just not at the skyrocketing rate it had been which is a good thing. Um, I want to go back. I got time to go to the phones. David, I want to go to you next. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Hey, Eric, how you doing? Great, what's going on? Well, I was just calling I want to make a comment on the, 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 the baker out there in Colorado and the fact that, uh, I mean, if you look at Google Maps or you pull up any of the businesses on there, they'll say whether or not they're LGB friendly or whatever, and you'd think somebody, a trans would want to go to and support an, a, a business like that with their money. But no, what they want to do is they want to be able to go in front of that business and hold up a court order that says, you have to provide me a cake, whether they actually want to do, wanted to do it or not. They want the victory. They don't want the cake. Right. Yeah. And it's the, like, the, you're, and... like if Tua Kathy were to go out and sue your, you know, your bigot friend that won't eat a Chick-fil-A that's going to force them to go eat a Chick-fil-A against their will. That's what it amounts to.
0: It is, uh, and and they they try to twist the logic on on its head. They don't have to shop there. Um, you know the crazy thing about Masterpiece Cake. If you pull up their address, they're in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, there are five bakeries within a mile of that place, uh, and yet they they keep targeting his. Um, it's just they they demand an adherence to their agenda. Uh, and, and you're a hateful, awful person. If you don't want to go along with it, it's, it's, it's where we are as a country, unfortunately, right now, Steve, you're up next. Welcome to the show, Steve.
2: Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Great. I'm, I am was hoping to be able to, um, yeah, I, I want to bring up, you know, the, I'm about, uh, in my late fifties. So I'm trying to make you feel better about your age. There.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it
2: listening to you since I, I was 14 I, years
0: old, Mr. Harris. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah. So, so there you go. You now you know how I feel. But um, I was going to talk about secularism in our society and in our schools and how uh, the Supreme Court pushed, you know, uh, the Bible out, prayer out, and everything because it was religious. And you're not allowed. And there's the so-called separation of church and state, which is not in the Constitution. It was just a letter from Jefferson to the uh, Baptist church that was nervous that the other churches were going to force them to uh, and, and take over their their church. Uh, so, anyhow, long story here yeah, is that over the years, the secularism has. Used, I mean, they're basically a religion, but they're using their religion and battling us on the head with the Constitution when really we need to be taking the Constitution back to them and saying, look, your religion. Yeah. For 20 you know- years, I've heard nothing but have tolerance, have tolerance.
0: Right, uh, you know, so Archbishop Chaput used to be the Archbishop of Philadelphia had a great quote, evil preaches tolerance until it's dominant, and then it seeks to silence good, uh, which is kind yeah. of, frankly, what we are seeing uh, in the world today. Yeah. And now what the left says is that, well, we're tolerant, except of intolerance. But oddly enough, though, they define intolerance as anything they dislike. Is intolerance and it, it, it is. It's become a religion. I mean, they have they have their hymns and anthems. They have their protests. Uh, they've got their tithing to Planned Parenthood. Their protests are their congregational meetings. Uh, they are completely defined by religious precepts at this point. Secularism is a religion. Uh, I was actually speaking out in uh, out in Utah. A couple of weeks ago, and it was one of the points I made on stage at a uh, group of lawyers group for a great institution called First Liberty Institute. Wonderful organization. And I was saying, you know, for years, the Supreme Court defaulted to the secular view, said everything's got to default to secularism because you're not allowed to have a established religion. The problem is that secularism is a religion. And to default to it is to establish a religion, an atheistic religion, where there is a worship of self. If you really are committed to no establishment of religion, You have to take a hands-off rule and say, look, we're not going to pick and choose between religion or no religion because no religion, atheism, is still a religion. You still worship something in atheism. Even though you don't think you do, you worship something. Whatever you're spending your money on is probably what you're worshiping if you're an atheist. And if you're only spending money on yourself, well, guess what? I can tell you what you worship. That's just the reality of atheism. Secularism is as much a religion as every other religion. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. I want to deviate from all everything else. Everything else. I want to talk about something else. You're going to have to stick with me on this one. Yes, you are. When I was a kid, I watched uh this week on abc uh and at the time it was um oh what's his name the the old guy had sam Donaldson, uh, david brinkley this week with david brinkley sam Donaldson, and koki roberts and george will when i was a kid i i really and to this day i like george will uh we increasingly see the world differently on some issues but man uh, when i was a kid even now i want to write like george will The man has a way with words I never will have. But I would watch that show a lot. And there were always ads for companies. GE was a big advertiser. Uh, Archer, Daniel Midland, supermarket to the world, ADM. When I was a kid, I wanted to, to invest in the stock market. You get a little Merrill Lynch account. I forget what they called it. Like a blue chip account or something from Merrill Lynch, where you could invest a little bit of money every month. If you were a kid, your parents could do it. My parents were very anti-stock market. They thought it was gambling. Um, they didn't want me to put money in the stock market. Um, and I just got very interested in stocks, probably in part, because my mom just absolutely refused to allow me to have an account. When I turned 18, I opened an account. And one of the stocks I bought was ADM, Archer Daniel Midland Supermarket to the World, because it advertised on uh, David Brinkley's show and it advertised on Meet the Press with Tim Russert and they were slick ads. That's what I learned. These businesses, they get a lot of government subsidy. They advertise on the Sunday shows because those Sunday shows, they don't have a lot of eyeballs, but they have a great deal of influence in Washington, D.C. You do not, more likely than not, you do not watch This Week on ABC. You probably do not watch Face the Nation on CBS, and you probably don't watch Meet the Press on NBC. You, however, are not the target audience for those programs. Washington, D.C. is the target audience. And though those shows do not have massive viewership, they have a highly influential viewership. My daily Substack email that I write, you can subscribe to it by texting the word data to 33777. In the grand scheme of things, it's not massive. Now, I've got a lot of subscribers to it, It generates good revenue that makes me uncancelable. Everyone who is a paid subscriber, you help me become uncancelable because if all my advertisers were boycotted tomorrow on this radio program, I could still pay for the show, the syndication costs and the like um, that I cover because of the Substack. But I have a deeply influential Substack. I have a who's who of prominent conservatives around the country who are paid subscribers to that list. And so while I don't have... 20 30,000 subscribers. I have like the cream of the crop when it comes to subscribers. When I write, the influencers in Washington, D.C. and the opinion makers, they read what I write. I know. I hear from them. I know who subscribes. I can see who reads. The influence play is the play that is oftentimes neglected. When I ran redstate.com, we were the most influential center-right blog on Capitol Hill. We were not the largest website. We were not even the largest blog out there on the right. But we were the most influential. The Speaker of the House read it. The majority and minority leaders read it. Uh, the Chief of Staff of the President of the United States read it. Uh, multiple members of the Supreme Court read it. Uh, we, we, it was a who's who. So much so that in 2015, I could get every single Republican who wanted to run for president to come to Atlanta, Georgia, to my red state gathering and get on stage with me and answer my questions on behalf of the crowd because I did not have the largest readership in America, but I had one of the most influential. I think radio and TV sometimes these days, they don't understand the level of influence that you can have where you may not be the biggest, you may not be the largest, but you got the ear of the people who matter. Websites are like that too. Magazines are like that too. There's an influence play out there where you may not be the biggest, you may not be the richest, but you're the one everyone pays attention to. And sometimes when you have that, you get advertisers because the advertisers are willing to pay a premium because they know the people in charge are reading or watching or listening. We could charge at Red State a premium for our advertising from the lobbying community because they knew if their ads appeared on Red State at the time, uh, every major Republican politician in Washington DC would see their advertisement same way Archer Daniels Midland and General Electric both dependent on government subsidy for various programs will advertise on the Sunday talk shows because they want the influence they want the influence they want and need the influence they want to rehabilitate the reputations they want to grow their reputations and and you see this influence plays they're they're big uh, they're underappreciated. A lot of people will go for the mass market, uh, who gets the most eyeballs. But you want the influence place, you you go where the people who are watching pay attention. Fox News is the number three channel in America last month, uh, behind NBC and CBS. Not MSNBC, NBC, Broadcast Network, CBS Broadcast Network. Fox News was the third largest network in America, third largest TV channel in America last month. They have a massive audience, and they have ruthless boycotts by the left pressuring advertisers to not advertise there but if you pay attention outside of the evening shows on on fox where they have some weird ads because advertisers boycott those shows in the news segments during the day and during brett bear's show particularly you have a who's who of advertisers who want the eyeballs of leaders in washington because even democrats watch brett bear's show on fox news it's highly influential I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about live. Live is the new golf. Live is an influence play by the Saudi Arabians. They're going where the eyeballs are. I'm trying to help a friend of mine find a new job. He was the general manager of a company. He is, um got a background in franchises, running franchises, operating franchises. He needs a new job. Uh, he got into a situation that he thought was going to be fantastic, helping a company grow. And it turned out that um, the picture painted to him was not the reality. And it, after a lot of stress and weight loss, he got out of his job. And you know what he's doing right now? He's caddying at a prominent golf club. Till he can find a new job, because of the networking, he's a great golfer, good caddy, uh, and he's networking as a he's a real hustler, uh, great work ethic. If you need somebody, to let me know. Particularly if you're growing franchises and stuff, I got your guy. Uh, in this economy, you could probably use someone like him with a command of finance and stuff. But he's hustling as a caddy because. The big names go play at this golf course where he's caddying, and he knows he can network. He's been telling me the caliber of people, the CEOs, the top lobbyists for various companies and stuff that he's caddying for. It's a networking play for him. The who's who of American industry golf. I'm trying to get better at golf myself. In fact, I've got a text message going right now with the golfer at at, uh, my golf club because I got to take lessons. It's a total influence play for golfers. Live is an influence play for the Saudi Arabians. Live is trying to, the Saudis are funding it because they're trying to capture the eyeballs of the who's who of America. And so what did they do? They went out and they paid top dollar to get the very best golf talent in the world to leave the PGA and pay and play on the Live Tour. Why? They want the Live Tour, L-I-V, because they know that the policymakers and influencers of Washington, D.C., They may condemn it, but by God, they're going to watch it. They're going to watch Phil Mickelson. They're going to watch all of these fantastic, highly regarded, well known golf players play golf. It is an influence play by the Saudis. The American media will hate them because they will never forgive the Saudis for the Khashoggi killing. The left will hate them because of oil. The right will hate them because of some sort of level of uh, interdependence and codependency we have with Saudi Arabia that the right increasingly doesn't like. And everyone's going to watch. And as you watch, you will slowly over time be fed a subtle propaganda campaign to rehabilitate Saudi Arabia as a partner of the United States. They are doing through golf what Archer Daniel Midland did through this week with David Brinkley and what General Electric does through advertising on Sundays on Meet the Press. They're doing a complete influence play, and it's actually a kind of brilliant scheme. I think live and let live when it comes to golf, no pun intended. If you want to watch live, I don't care. My opinion is that uh, the PGA is the last great sport meritocracy. If I get good at my golf lessons, I could go join the PGA Tour and nobody from Middle Georgia could join the PGA Tour and have a chance of getting good and winning prizes. Can't do that with Liv because I'm a nobody. Nobody would want me to be on live. They would not pay me millions of dollars. The PGA, I will support it and continue to support it uh, because it's built by the players. The players are the ones who run it. The players are not always happy with the decisions because the PGA makes money. It is a business operation, but the PGA is the last sport meritocracy in America. When you play baseball you got to go to the right schools. You got to hit the right scores. You got to go. You, you got to get in front of the right coaches and, and the right scouts. And, and you can get into baseball. Football and basketball, soccer, the same way. With the PGA, I know someone who is working towards the senior tour. He's been an executive his whole life. He's gotten very, very good at golf. And he's set to retire and go try to get on the PGA tour. He couldn't do that with Liv, but he can do it with the PGA. And there's something quintessentially American about the PGA. Um, It is, it's player funded, it's player supported, and it is fan enthused. And people love it. People watch it. People pay attention to it. Liv has come along and has uh, taken the Saudi money and paid the best players of the PGA. Not all of them, but a great many of them to jump ship. To jump ship and go to Liv. It's their choice. I I don't fault them for wanting to make a lot of money. They can make more money guaranteed on the live tour, and they don't have to worry about the upstart surprisers, the Scotty Shufflers of the world, who come along and surprise everybody by winning the Masters Tournament. They don't have to worry about that at all. Uh, You're you're guaranteed to know who's going to be on the live tour, and and you know you're going to be guaranteed a certain amount of money, and it's not going to be meritocratic at all. It's going to be the who's who. It's going to be the celebrity golfers. It's going to be the ones you want to watch, and as a result... The who's who of Wall Street, the captains of industry, and the people in Washington, D.C., they too are going to watch it. And the Saudis will have captured eyeballs watching the golf tour that they are sponsoring, and you will be enthralled by the who's who, the well-known names, all the golf celebrity names that you've heard of for a long time, playing golf against each other. Meanwhile, over in the PGA, someone you've never heard of, straight out of college, or straight out of retirement has the potential to become successful and be the next great story in golf. And that's kind of the problem with live. You'll get the Phil Mickelson stories. You'll get the comeback stories, but it will be the comebacks of the well-known golfers. It won't be the upstarts you've never heard of straight out of college picking off the tiger Woodses of the world that can't happen the way live is structured. That can happen in the PGA. That's why the PGA is quintessentially American, but I don't think we should condemn live. I don't think we should boycott live. What I do think is that you should understand that for all of the ideas that, uh, the best days of America are over that China is on the rise, which you see is Saudi Arabia betting on America. You see Saudi Arabia betting that we're still the influence play in the Western world. You see Saudi Arabia raising money with others to fund a golf tournament for the sole purpose of capturing the minds and the attention of the influencers of the Western world through golf, a sport any of us can play, and every single person, including the best one in the world, can suck at on a daily basis, depending on the wind and the lay of the grass. It's actually a very fascinating influence play by the Saudis. Uh, We should be mindful it's an influence play. Maybe it won't last. But we should also be mindful when given the choice. There's live or there's the last meritocratic sport in America, the golf game where any of you can pick up a club and go get your chance to play for the best. Now, Saudi Arabia should probably, I don't know, go to Washington, D.C., Gather up all the reporters in Washington, get them in a room and fire up an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clear the air because it works really well. It wipes out odors. It cleans the air. It gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the pollen, the bacteria, the dust. But what I use it for, I don't actually use it for the pollen and the dust. I got allergies. I'll run one in my office when it's gotten like really dusty in here if people have been running the the, um, leaf blower right outside the front porch. But I really use it to wipe out odors because it is a great odor eliminator. Uh, just kills them. It doesn't mask odors. It wipes them out. You can get three of them right now for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow. Pure EdenPureDeals.com. You put in ERIC3, 3, E-R-I-C-K-3. 3. And when you do that, you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping. So wonderful product. You can plug it into the wall or use a USB cord and put it in your car. If you've got smoky odors or pet odors in your car, it works there, too. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The full number. Don't worry about it. You're out of time. I want to talk about the burn pit legislation. You can tell there's a level of coordination of the talking points between the media and the Democrats, and they've trotted out Jon Stewart. John Stewart took up the cause of uh, 9-11 first responders and now members of the military. Uh, you would think he would be more interested in helping those veterans than the Democratic Party, and he clearly is playing uh, a part for the Democrats. I say that because... They're all coordinated in an attack on the Republicans in the Senate for not supporting the burn pit legislation. The truth, the actual truth is the Republicans support the burn pit legislation. And the reason they've been uh, refusing to vote for it, it's called the PACT Act, is because of the language in the legislation that would actually allow the Democrats to spend the money on something other than healthcare for military veterans. I know you don't get that from the mainstream media. I know you don't get that from Jon Stewart. I know you don't get that from a lot of talking heads. Pat Toomey, who is a Senator from Pennsylvania retiring has been all over the media making it very clear the votes are there for the PACT Act to help veterans who have been exposed to burn pits. The votes are there for it, but not if the Democrats refuse to take out language that would allow the Pentagon to spend the money on stuff other than the victims of burn pits. The whole point of the legislation is to help veterans who are exposed to burn pits. The Democrats' language would allow the spending to go to unrelated items in a $400 billion spending spree. All Pat Toomey and the Republicans want is for the Democrats to be clear in the language of the legislation that the money can only be spent for these veterans. Why won't the Democrats lock in this money for the veterans. They claim they want to support the veterans, and yet they won't clearly say in the legislation that that's what this money will go for. That's what Republicans are fighting for, and shame on Jon Stewart and the media for attacking the Republicans who actually want the money spent just on these veterans.